Hey, Dinks! Welcome to Dennis in the Know. This is your backstage pass for current trends, politics, and education in the dental world. I'm Dr. Jeff Horowitz. With me is Dr. Jennifer Bell. You know her as JB and Dr. Chad Duplantis. We are all practicing dentists, we are all educators, and we are all business owners. Our job is to bring all of you in the know. We have an incredible guest that we have got to bring on because... Um, everyone out there knows the name Whit Wilkerson. And, um, you know, I've, I've been out on the lecture circuit for a long time, and I could never go anywhere without hearing, well, you know, this is Wit's opinion on this. And, you know, I was at Wit's course because we talk about a lot of the same things. We talk a lot about occlusion and TMD and dental facial health and the orosystemic connection. And, you know, when you meet kindred spirits in your career path. It's just, it's such a special thing. And so having not met him in the past, but having been in the same circles separately on the the lecture circuit, it's always been interesting for me to hear about Wit, not having really spent a lot of time with Wit. And uh, and just a couple of weeks ago, um, I got to spend some incredible time. I got to learn uh, a lot from him, and he's an amazing educator. Uh, we were actually at the Piper Summit in Asheville together, and he did a beautiful lecture on the oral systemic connection. And um, guys, you're just in for a treat tonight. Um, I'm not going to read his bio. I did put his bio up and Chad put his bio up on Facebook. I do encourage you to look at it. He is an educator. He is a clinician. He's just an amazing guy and um, and and really lifting dentistry in every way. So, Whit, thank you for joining us tonight. Well, well, thank you, guys. Thank you, Jeff and Chad and JB. I appreciate being part of it. Sorry I'm a little hoarse tonight. I've been streaming in Florida for the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is kind of <laughs> You want to talk about the LIV tour? How about um, the National Hockey League in Tampa, Florida, and going for <laughs> third straight Stanley Cup? So that, that doesn't make any sense. None of us even know how to skate. But we, yeah, we love, I love it, though. Even though you we got know what it. offsides means. But anyway, so... Anyway, I just stopped it for for our time together, and I'm going to replay when we're done. But thank you for letting me join you. It's an honor, and I love what you guys are doing. It's really great. Thank you, Whit. And, and well, we, we yeah. appreciate you. We're we're just trying to lift dentistry much in the same way. I I totally saw your your passion come through in your lecture at the Piper Summit. So. Maybe if if you wouldn't mind for some of the younger people out there that may not have had the pleasure of listening to you yet, will you talk a little bit about your career path and what got you so interested in the orosystemic connection and 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 your educational uh, platform as well? So if you don't mind, just a a, a great overview. Sure, Jeff, I'd be happy to. Um, well, I was very fortunate to start my dental career practicing with Dr. Pete Dawson. And, and Pete was really a pioneer 
in the concepts of complete dentistry, along with L.D. Pankey and 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 uh, folks of that stature. Um, so I walked into a practice at 26 where, you know, the instructions were you will do a complete thorough examination on every patient. You'll spend an hour with them. You'll look at every component of their oral health, and then you'll have them come back and you'll sit down, you'll explain everything you see and what you would do for them if they were your family member. And then you'll listen to what their desires are and go with that. And so that, you know, was really the model that I learned and um, was fortunate to practice with Pete for many, many years, starting in 1982. Um, Then uh, I was very involved with the Pankey Institute and teaching at Pankey and as time went on, Glenn DuPont and myself began teaching. Uh, after Pete's courses, we would begin doing hands-on courses. And so we've had about 40,000 dentists come to St. Pete for hands-on training with us. So we've spent a lot of time with young dentists right out of school trying to figure it out and old dentists too trying to figure it out. Um, and so um, that's my background, really in the structure of the joints, the occlusion, the masticatory system dynamics and and trying to establish harmony and stability and aesthetics. And so about 10 years ago, you know, we kind of figured out occlusion and we figured out what was going on in the joints and we'd done just about everything you could and the materials were getting very exciting. And the question that I had was, so what's next? You know, what do we do next to make dentistry even better? And um, I wasn't really sure uh, what that would be, but I was invited by a dear friend, John Tucker, who's a very well-known person in the area of sleep dentistry and sleep medicine. And we were together in Boston. He was teaching a course I was attending and we went to dinner and he said, I can really tell you're interested in whole health, not just oral health. And uh, he said, there's a new group that's just met once and they're meeting this year at the Cleveland Clinic, and um, it's called the American Academy for Oral Systemic Health, or AOG. And so John invited me to come as his guest and attend their meeting, uh, which was at the Cleveland Clinic. And the speakers for two-plus days were the researchers, clinicians, MDs, PhDs at the Cleveland Clinic. And what I heard that weekend was them talking about their research and diabetes and Alzheimer's and and all subjects that have to do with systemic breakdown. And they kept talking about inflammation. They said the common denominator, the, the buzzword in medical research is inflammation. And systemic inflammation is the root of or the key to understanding whole health. And uh, of course, as we're listening, we're thinking, we know inflammation. We look at that all day long in the mouth. And what I was challenged that weekend was this, that when we see inflammation in the mouth, is that just a reflection of what's going on in the rest of the body? And indeed it is. And so, um, uh, you know, somebody has a heart attack, you can bet there's a lot of vascular problems going on everywhere. If they develop dementia, if they have diabetes, there's inflammation, there's breakdown and problems going on throughout the body. So at the end of that weekend, um, Dr. Michael Royson, who's the chief medical officer at the Cleveland Clinic, he said, you know, we have a health crisis that's destroying our nation. He said, 
we're going bankrupt and we will go bankrupt over this problem of healthcare. We can't afford it. The cost is growing higher and higher every year because we're getting sicker and sicker, even though we're the wealthiest and the most intelligent and most informed uh, uh, society in the history of the world. Um, we're getting sicker and sicker because of our choices of lifestyle primarily. And he said, so there's really only two choices we have. One, you can ration health care. That is, you can put a limit on health care. You can put a deductible on your insurance that goes up, up, up. You can say you have pre-existing conditions we're not going to cover. You, you know, on and on the list goes of what we can do to to keep a cap on the health care costs and keep the uh, insurance companies viable and, and, and this sort of thing. He said, but there's one other choice, and that is instead of rationing healthcare, we can become rational, and that is each one of us individually can take personal responsibility for our own health and not depend on our doctors and not just take pills, but actually begin to evaluate ourselves for how are we taking care of our own health? Are we destroying our own health through our choices, through our lifestyle, through our diet, through our um, exposure to toxins and smoking and and lack of exercise and poor sleep and these things, stress, these things that are obviously affecting our immune system, that are compromising our response to insults, that are breaking down our bodies, that are creating things like insulin resistance and diabetes, which is like having um, shards of glass scraping the walls of your arteries all day long. Almost nothing could be worse than that if it's uncontrolled. And so with these things that we see increasing diabetes, increasing uh, obesity, uh, knowing that obese people live an average of 15 to 16 years shorter lifespan than those that aren't. So weight control is a, a major part of health. And and so our, our susceptibility to cardiovascular disease and diabetes and kidney disease, et cetera, liver disease, et cetera, go up, 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 according to how we treat our own bodies. So at the end of his presentation, he said, you know, I believe that there's one group in medicine that have a great opportunity to make a difference, and that is dentistry. He said, you all spend more time, you build stronger relationships with your patients than anybody else. You've trained them to take a preventative approach to their health. They know to come into your office every six months to get their teeth cleaned. They know to get x-rays to look and see if they might have cavities forming or if they may be losing bone or if they might have an abscess that should be immediately intercepted. And they accept that because you've taught them that. So you are a primary care provider, a specialty of medicine. And when he said that and finally closed his presentation by saying, I want to challenge you in dentistry to take up the mantle to be on the front lines fighting the healthcare crisis that is destroying our nation. I felt like I was receiving a calling from above. I knew that that was what I had to spend the rest of my life learning and sharing if I had a platform of opportunity, you know, as an educator. And so I began going to courses all over the country where there'd be 250 cardiovascular surgeons and cardiologists and a dentist, or there'd be diabetes specialists or Alzheimer's researchers and me. And the purpose of me going was to say, and what's our role? Do we have a role? Is there an appropriate way in which dentistry could be part of this, either screening, testing, treating, collaborating? 
And I found that without exception, every meeting I went to, there was a role for us and sometimes a very frontline central role. And so from that, I began obviously collaborating with a lot of other really sharp people and trying to understand what they were doing in the area of sleep dentistry, let's say, or, you know, um, various things that we all have been involved in to some degree and see how we could build a model. And so the other question that came to mind for me, Jeff, was we've got to simplify this. If this is complicated, people are going to say, what am I supposed to go back to medical school? You know, I didn't sign up for this. And so it just sounds way, way too complex. So I tried to think, what are the least common denominators that we could all agree on and say, you can learn this, and you can learn this, and you can learn this, and you can implement it soon. So the least common denominators that I've called the pillars of what now I've labeled as integrative dental medicine, piggybacking on integrative medicine, which is really looking at the whole person, not just the chief complaint, not just taking a chest x-ray and saying, you need an antibiotic, here's a prescription, good luck, uh, but actually thinking about what's behind the breakdown in your body and how can we prevent you from getting sick, just like we do in dentistry um, so well. And so um, I found that the three pillars that made sense to me were inflammation and infection, both oral and systemic, um, and then airway, breathing, and sleep disorders, major subject for complete health as well as dental health and oral health. And then thirdly would be TMD and occlusion because nobody else is going to address that but us in dentistry. And the thing that I learned was the three overlap with each other very much. So as I become aware of these things, we see patients coming in. And so as you study, for example, airway, breathing, and sleep disorders, and you go to the the best sources in the world, which would for me be at Stanford University, uh, headed up by Dr. Christian Gimeno, who was the Pete Dawson and the L.D. Pankey of sleep medicine. Um, who also the one who has developed, written more papers on bruxism than like anyone out there. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So when you go listen to, to Dr. Gimeno, who's now passed away and actually passed away one month before Pete Dawson, 2019, we lost two giants the same month. Um, but Dr. Gimeno would talk about upper airway resistance syndrome that you would see in young fit adults, primarily female. And um, they would be thin, they would be fit, but they'd come in saying, I feel terrible. My jaw's tired and sore. I'm waking up with headaches in the morning and I feel fatigued all the time. And I just feel lousy. And Dr. Gimeno would do sleep studies and find out that they had upper airway resistance. In other words, kind of like the precursor to full-blown sleep apnea, but it wasn't so severe that you would call it sleep apnea, but it was severe enough to interrupt your sleep to cause arousals from deep sleep to light sleep to cause you to not have restful restorative sleep, to cause you to feel terrible in the morning, to cause you to release stress hormones during the night that can cause stress throughout the system that can uh, create all kinds of issues that we know about. And so if you ask Dr. G. Minot, which I did, if you had a patient come to your clinic at Stanford University and they said, I wake up in the morning tired, I feel lousy all the time, I'm clenching and grinding at night, I'm grinding my teeth, I'm waking up with headaches in the morning, what would, you, what would your diagnosis be? He said, well, that would be a classic case, most likely of upper airway resistance syndrome. We would do a sleep study and verify that. 
for us, we would say that's a classic case of TMD. And, and so the truth is it's both. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. And so for me, if I see a patient with wear on their teeth, I see a patient that we know bruxes. I see a patient with enlarged masseters that's just clenching real hard at night. I see a patient that comes in saying, my muscles are sore and I'm waking up with headaches. I'm not just thinking about grinding your teeth or do you have a malocclusion, but we're also thinking about oxygen deprivation and, and the turn on of the sympathetic nervous system, fight or flight, we're choking to death here. Bruxing can be an activity to try to open the airway. And so it's been a, a great help for me as someone who's trying to be a problem solver in my clinical practice, because all we had was splints. You know, we would see people and we'd make them a splint and we would see if that helped. We would try to give them an ideal bite in plastic and see if that solved the problem. Some people it helped, other people it didn't. Sometimes I wonder now if by opening the vertical on some of these patients, we were actually improving their airway. So, you know, now the, all these new questions arise, but for me to understand that bruxism may not just be a bad habit or a parafunction beside normal function, which is what we always called it, but it actually could be a purposeful thing that the body's trying to do to save our lives that I would now call protective function, not parafunction, but actually a protective mechanism that tries to save your life because you've got to have oxygen or nothing else really matters including anterior guidance or centric relation. And so um, these are the things that we're seeing. Inflammation is another subject that's so important. And we know that there's a lot of inflammation that's coming from the mouth, from oral pathogens that get into the bloodstream, that get into the walls of the arteries that are present in, in the, um, the clots that we see in heart attack victims are coming uh, you know, high concentrations of oral pathogens. So we're doing salivary testing now, looking for key uh, oral pathogens that we actually will attack individually, not just root planing and curatage and Listerine and flossing. And so we're getting so much deeper into oral medicine, which is systemic medicine. And um, that's been very exciting. But also when you have a chronic pain patient, like we see, Jeff, in your office and mine, or a sleep apnea patient, or a patient that's chronically fatigued, that's feeling lousy, that you might say looks like a fibromyalgia patient. You know, I'm just hurting all over and I feel tired and I feel crummy and I'm 21 years old and should be at the peak of my life, you know, and I feel horrible. Um, then we start thinking about causes of inflammation. The number one cause of systemic inflammation is a poor diet in a lack of adequate nutrition. So um, are we looking at, at nutrition seriously? Are we seeing that as a cause of systemic inflammation that can relate to systemic pain and the cause of, of many things from muscle aches to arthritis and things like this that we see and other breakdowns throughout the body? So nutrition, huge subject, huge subject that is. And we've known that for 50 years, 75 years, but very few of us in dentistry really look at that seriously as something that we would be involved in. In addressing systemic inflammation and um, looking at that component, what we've done now is I've gone out and found, found the best nutritionist in the Tampa Bay area, and she comes to our office. And I introduce her to our patients. They sit down in our consult room and 
visit for 30 or 40 minutes, and then they set up a time to get together individually, and off they go. The second visit she's with them, they go to the grocery store together and go up and down the aisles and talk about what they're buying, what their healthy options would be, et cetera, and lifestyle uh, modifications in a positive way. Wait, can I interrupt so, you one second? Because you, you just said something so important, which is, you know, for everyone out there, you've heard me talk about the, the Baldenine preceptorship and and yeah. the fact that they've included dentists because they do realize that dentists are really at the forefront of people who can stop inflammation because or or, or reduce inflammation because really what what they talk about is that the two the two easiest sources of inflammation that we can really have an effect on are from the gut and from the oral cavity and so yes. as dentists we have this amazing opportunity to take care of the oral bacterial flora and to take care of the periodontal pathogens and to take care of the sleep apnea and to take care of the inflammatory diseases of the masticatory system. Yeah. But we also have, as you're saying now, this incredible opportunity to also talk about the gut and nutrition because what is the start to the digestive system is what we are in charge of. So, you know, I just hate for dentists to feel like they're stepping outside of their area of influence by jumping into this. And it doesn't have to be a giant leap, but even the smallest steps and, and the things you're talking about are absolutely incredible with, and, and yeah. I admire everything you're doing. Well, thank you. And, and Brad Bale and Amy Donine have been a tremendous influence on all of our lives. And I wrote a book that, you know, if it's okay, I can recommend. Um, absolutely, please. And we will post the link in the yeah, comments. It's called The Shift, which means a paradigm shift, the dramatic movement toward health-centered dentistry. And actually, Brad Bale wrote the foreword to it, um, and, along with Pete Dawson. And so um, that's really... a a really good uh, introduction to what we're talking about. So the whole book is really about these three pillars that we're talking about and what we know from the science so far and what we can do clinically to take a look at these things and then what we can actually do um, from a treatment perspective. Um, so if someone just want to get their, you know, get their um, uh introduction that that would be a good place to go um but uh yeah what brad what brad has emphasized in amy is that uh that well one study particularly that was done by a group out of finland in 2013 uh with the lead researcher whose name was pessi uh p-e-s-s-i and what they found was they took 110 heart attack victims heart attack patients and they actually were able to go in and collect the clot from their heart attack. And they found that almost 70%, almost 50% had abscessed teeth. They did panos and they saw high levels of, of periapical pathogens in those clots, along with peri periodontal pathogens, maybe in the range of about 35%, but almost up to 70% from periapical pathogens. So 
from that, they concluded that perhaps as many as 50% of heart attacks can be related to periapical infections, which is unbelievable. But, you know, that's what they're, they're discussing now. And so Brad makes a big point of the fact that he wants to make sure those periodontal pathogens are under control and that we have two amazing resources available to us in dentistry to evaluate and treat those. Number one is salivary testing. And if you all were looking for a company, um, Tom Neighbors, who is the father of salivary testing in dentistry, lives in Nashville, has worked very closely with Bale and Donin, has taught with Bale and Donin. Um, he is now the chief medical officer of a company called Direct Diagnostics. And they do a study called HR5, high risk five, which is the high risk pathogens of which we now know there are five that control the whole microbiome and the and the brain and the the switch from positive to negative influence in the mouth of of, of bacterial uh, presence. So anyway, um, direct diagnostics. You can look them up online and learn more about that testing. Very simple. It's just a saliva test. You send in, and it'll tell you about these pathogens and give recommendations on how to treat those specific targeted pathogens. So that's one. The other thing that Brad talks about that we're all aware of is that we now have sophisticated CBCTs where we can look for periapical lesions that we don't see on plain film that can be massive. We've all seen at times uh, that have really shocked us the degree of breakdown that we see around some teeth. And um, so between those two, we have the opportunity to really intercept. I had a phone call from Brad maybe a year ago, um, and he he lives in Nashville. I live in St. Petersburg, Florida. And he called me and said, wait, how close is Zephyr Hills to where you live? And I said, well, that's just the other side of Tampa. He goes, I have a patient you need to see. I just evaluated a guy. We did a salivary test. He has some high-risk pathogens, and he's going to have a heart attack. Can you get him in your office right away and get that under control? And that's how serious he is about the oral component of um, of cardiovascular disease. Hey, let me let me also um, just for anyone out there who doesn't know um, who Bale and Deneen are, they have done some of the most incredible research linking inflammatory disease to the risk for heart attack and stroke, as opposed to the old model that we used to have about cholesterol and and things like that. Mm-hmm. And he is actually a cardiologist. Amy Deneen is a nurse practitioner. They're an incredible team who are out there teaching physicians. In fact, um, some of the uh, some of the uh, healthcare groups that have non that have now gone to concierge medicine, like the VIP medicine, have aligned with them to provide better preventative services for their patients yeah. but but who wit is talking about this is this is a well-regarded cardiologist that is embracing what we are doing in dentistry and the need for us to be screening and and helping the medical profession out to reduce the risk for heart disease so i just wanted to say that in case anyone didn't know who Brad Bale was that you were referring yes. to Yes. They wrote a very significant book called Beat the Heart Attack Gene. And I'm just looking this up while we're talking. They just published a brand new book called Healthy Heart, Healthy Brain. That just came out this spring. 
actually, which is an update of their book that's probably four years old called Beat the Heart Attack Gene. So great resources for all of us there. So I would like to say this because I I am noticing that Jeff is really in his happy place. (laughs) This is great. Wit, you are, both of you, I I mean, and I, I can't place myself in this category. I hope to one day do so, but I know that you all may think this, but I'm just going to go ahead and uh, affirm this for you all. You all are really making dentistry an incredible profession because we're no longer tooth mechanics. You all are really making us comparable to physicians and really physicians, not only of the oral cavity, but of the overall body. I mean, you all are really being able to relate you're making it relevant to relate the oral cavity to the entire body. And I thank both of you for that. I love the passion that you all are sharing with this. I'm learning so much just listening. I'm typing in all these books. I'm putting all the links in the comments. So please ignore me as I'm, as I'm typing all this, but thank you all both for your passion. It's incredible. Well, thanks, Chad. Um, Chad, thank you. How many people have we listened to that? How many people have we had on our show? that could speak like that for such an extended amount of time without any of us interrupting. And I'm always the worst interrupter. So, and you got none of that wit. I'm just saying I could sit and listen to you for days and I know everyone out there I, I agree. as well. And the fact that you were able to I do agree. that and I did not even want to jump in because you were saying so many great things. Um, I just love it. Well, thank you. And I, can I encourage all of us in an area that I think we need encouragement? And that's this, is that dentistry doesn't need to take a back seat to any other specialty in medicine. I know many times we think of dentistry as sort of a stepchild, you know, to real medicine, but it's not. And the thing that I am learning, even interacting with specialists is many times people that are in a specialty field tend to sort of stay in their lane. And they don't, they don't look beyond what they do, they, the way they diagnose, the way they treat. And if that doesn't work or you don't agree with it as a patient, they just let you go. And, you know, sleep apnea, Jeff, as you know, is one of the toughest fields because many of the sleep physicians, they do polysomnograms, they do CPAPs and, and nothing else. And so they're, they're often not even open to discussion about other options. Let me tell you a quick, quick story, if it's okay, about a specialist and an eye-opener for me. Um, first of all, I think we should look at dentistry like an ophthalmologist looks at the whole body. So if you're an ophthalmologist, would you care if your patient had diabetes? Well, of course you would, because you can go blind from diabetes. And should we in dentistry care if someone has diabetes? Well, of course you should, because you can lose your teeth because of diabetes. So, I mean, those overlaps and bi-directional way of looking at things are there. But as we've been learning, uh, Jeff, as you have too, I know uh, more about sleep apnea and sleep disorder breathing um, and about nasal breathing and the value of nasal breathing and the release of nitric oxide from the paranasal sinuses that dilates and uh, the whole uh, respiratory tract and vascular system, as well as killing bacteria, we realized that's a huge thing is nasal breathing versus mouth breathing, which is 
dysfunctional breathing where you're breathing in dirty air right into those poor little baby tonsils that get swollen and inflamed and, and block the airway that way. And then the respiratory tract gets congested and, and ugly too. So understanding that, which, you know, doesn't, you don't have to look around far to find that information. I was on the phone one night with a friend from a charitable group that I'm part of nationally. And uh, he lives um, up your way, Jeff. I won't say where exactly, uh, but in, in um, uh, near South Carolina. Anyway, I'm on the phone one night with him and I said, how you doing? He said, great. And I said, what you been up to? He said, oh, I'm getting ready to retire. And I said, oh, well, what do you do? You're a physician, right? And he said, yeah, yeah, I'm a physician. I said, what type of physician are you? He said, well, I'm a pediatric ENT surgeon. I said, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more about your work. He said, oh, I take tonsils out. He said, I couldn't tell you how many tonsils I've taken out over 40 years. He was about 70. And I said, that's fascinating. And he said, Ann, I'm the chief of pediatric ENT surgical of residency. Excuse me. I'm the head of the residency program at the university, not far from you, Jeff. And um, so I've been in charge of that program and their residence for the last 25 years. I said, wow, that's impressive. So let me ask you a question. I'm very interested in tonsils as a dentist, too. And I said, how much emphasis do you in pediatric ENT place on nasal versus mouth breathing? I had nothing to say. He didn't say anything. I said, well, he said, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, about where your body's built to breathe through the nose and filter and purify and release nitric oxide and, and humidify and warm and all the good things that it does before it goes in your lungs. And when you breathe through your mouth, you don't get any of that. And that can cause swelling of your tonsils that get overwhelmed. He sat there with me and he said, I've never, ever heard anybody speak about that at any meeting I've ever been to. Would you consider coming up to the university and speaking to my residents? I was not thrilled. I was embarrassed because I thought it was so sad that here I am kind of on the fringe of what he does, but picking up what I can listening and reading. And this is something that was not in their wheelhouse of focus. You know, they'll put kids on antibiotics. They'll give them, you know, nasal sprays and they'll do everything they can not to remove their tonsils. And then eventually they do. And sometimes they come back. Well, G. Minot at Stanford told us that if you have a child that's a nasal breather and you take their tonsils out, they usually do great. If you have a child that needs their tonsils out and their mouth breather, they have a high risk later of developing sleep apnea, and sometimes their tonsils regrow and, and, and um, you know, return. And so he said, you have to get them nasal breathing. And this is information he's been teaching for 25 years, but it isn't disseminated out around the country through the medical community. So the things that we're talking about are not common knowledge when you get outside of dentistry. Nobody knows these things that we're learning as we're assimilating and collaborating and, you know, finding these links, this is really cutting edge information for all of healthcare, not just for dentistry, you know, not just to make us feel better, but we can be the most respected specialty in all of medicine. And we should be because nobody else is trying. And, and we've been a respected profession, but as you say, I think there's so much more room for us 
to really be at the forefront of preventative health care. And, um, and with, uh, we're, we're out of time, so I kind of have to close us hey, out. Jeff, can yeah. we oh, ask, Jennifer, do you want to say something? Can we ask one question? Because we had a viewer Please. chime in. And she said, she said, I'm very new in the dental world. Can you give me an example of what you might do with that diagnostic information? So, you know, if you send it to that laboratory and you get the diagnostic information, what's the application for a dentist? Sure. So uh, let's say that you uh, sent off a salivary test and it came back and you have some high level of these five pathogens. There are specific antibiotics that will knock those out, but that's not all. I mean, they'll come back if that's all you did. So we also do root planing and curatage or laser therapy would be a sterilization procedure, obviously. Uh, then we're going to work with um, modalities to try to prevent return. So we will use things like periodontal trays uh, that may have a substance like hydrogen peroxide in it. And we use oral probiotics that Actually, you can dissolve on your tongue at bedtime and it'll release millions of, of good probiotic bacteria. The company that, that makes those is called ProBiora Pro. ProBiora Pro uh, makes those oral probiotics. You don't swallow them. It's not a gut pro, uh, biot, probiotic. It's an oral probiotic. And we're, we're not um, giving away CE credits for what we're doing. So okay. please feel free to talk about it. I think you were referring to like Perio yeah. Protect when you were talking about the custom right. trays. It's, it's, yeah. It is on our thing. It is absolutely okay. fine to say Perio all those names. Yeah. Perio Protect is an excellent, excellent company. Uh, Dwayne Keller developed several years ago. Perio Restore is another comparable trace system that's made by Denmat in California. Um, so they have a, a parallel system uh, for oral, oral trays that you put in 15 minutes a day. Uh, hydrogen peroxide is forced under uh, into the sulcus and pockets to try to create a, a aerobic, if you will, uh, environment, which the anaerobes that are pathogenic hate and um, will not, uh, uh, you know, thrive there. Um, oral probiotics, ProBiora Pro. Um, we use rinses, but not rinses that kill good bacteria. So Stella Life is a company that makes an excellent plant-based um, antiseptic and antimicrobial uh, rinse, but it targets and is very good for healing and infections and, and uh, these sorts of things. So we use all of those modalities along with our conventional approach. But we have to understand you, can't, you cannot overcome periodontal disease with floss. See, we've got to get past that. And so uh, this is a, uh, a, a, a disease in the mouth. Uh, Tom Neighbors, though, and maybe we'll close with this, would challenge us to say you can um, cure periodontal disease. See, one, we've always learned you can't cure it. You know, in fact, once you diagnose somebody as perio, every time they come in, the coding is now, you know, perio maintenance because you got it like you've got diabetes. And so just as you can reverse diabetes too, about 90% of the time without meds through lifestyle changes. So you can, um, you can stabilize periodontal disease and, um, you know, we can teach you how. The only other thing I'd close with Jeff, with your permission is, we have just launched this year a new group that I've started called IDM, Integrative Dental Medicine Scholar Society. And so we're going to be teaching 
uh, seminars and workshops on everything that we're talking about and these three pillars. So if people want to go to IDM Scholar Society, they can learn about some of the things that we're doing there to try to provide training. And we just had a course two weeks ago with 25 hygienists on salivary testing. Tom Neighbors taught it. Uh, myself, a nurse practitioner that taught with Bale and Donine named Jen, uh, Gina Pritchard, who has a doctorate in cardiovascular risk. So we talked about oral inflammation, infection, and we talked about systemic. And we want all of us to understand both and the causes, effects, and, and treatments. Well, with our, our website and our Facebook group and our, you know, what we are about is disseminating information and where people can learn and how dentists can become better. So if you will share those links with us, We'll be sure to put yep. them up tomorrow in our okay. Facebook group and our Instagram page. Um, okay. So I, we, we'd love to do that. But I just want to say thank you for what you've done for dentistry. Um, oh, thank th you. Yeah. Thank you for what you're continuing to do. Thank you for coming on tonight. And uh, sure. uh, I'd, I'd love to have you back another time. And um, maybe we won't talk so long at the beginning so we can actually let you have the time. <laughs> I, I would be honored to. And I love your golf conversation. Um, <laughs> I, didn't get to tell you, I, I played junior golf all around the country. And then I played golf at the University of Florida in college. Oh, so yeah? Golf has been my second, you know, thing. So sorry. What I heard was he's yeah. good at yeah. it. What, what so I heard was well, don't don't on the senior tour yeah. like Jeff or anything because, um, yeah, I, I, I may be a scratch golfer, but they're a lot better. But Jeff, you sound like you're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm gonna go to Florida and I'm gonna kick Wit's ass on the golf Let's course. Yeah, bring, right. bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> bring it on, and we're gonna talk oral oh, systemic Chad, 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 Yeah, Chad, Chad, no. someone, yeah. I did no, not play in Hey, I did not play in college. I played in high school, but I certainly never played D1 golf, nor would have ever been looked at. I played in high school because there was a nine-man team, and I was the ninth person to I try I was number out. six. So, ha! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I think you've got the look, and you've got a good name for golf, so I think you should go for it for sure. I'm I'm going for it. I'm going to be yeah. – I can't figure it out, LIV or PGA, but I think my best chance yeah. is PGA. So We did not have a golf team. We had a rodeo team. <laughs> there you go. Very different. Oh, team that's a shooting team. Calvingo <laughs> <laughs> was our biggest fundraiser of the year. Hey, thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. And let's do it again soon. I would love to. Thank you, Ed. Love I'd it. love to. Come Tampa on. Bay's got the lead. Right. I've never watched hockey. But for you, I'm going to watch it tonight. So go, go Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much. Tonight. And that wraps up another podcast for Dentists in the Know. On behalf of Dr. Jennifer Bell, Dr. Chad Duplantis, and myself, remember that we've got a great profession. So let's make it a great day, Dinks.